0: with his own nicotine pouches.
1: From Daytona Beach, Florida, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. With the broadcast of the Bush Clash of 79 and a report on Daytona 500 Pole Position Qualified. This report is brought to you by STP, makers of fine automotive products, and by Bush Beer. Remember, don't just reach for a beer, head for the mountains. Co-hosts for today's broadcast are Jack Aroot and Barney Hall. Good, good day, America, and welcome to the World Center of Racing, Daytona International Speedway. The sounds you hear in the background are the Midwestern stars of the Automobile Racing Club of America as they make their annual trek to Daytona Beach, Florida, and they are competing at the present time in a 200-mile contest known as the ARCA 200. And the surprise story all week here at Daytona International Speedway has been the outstanding debut of young Kyle Petty in the Valvoline-sponsored number 44 at the present time Petty who started on the outside along with John Rizek, who was your pole winner in this ARCA 200, is leading on the 62nd of 80 circuits around this high speed, two and a half mile super speedway. Petty rounds out of turn number four and comes to the stripe to complete the 63rd circuit. The youngster, 18 years of age, first time in a stock car automobile, first attempt at qualifying was just several short days ago and he planked the car on the outside. He wears that characteristic yellow stripe which signifies him as a rookie in competition here at Daytona International Speedway. Thus far, it's been an outstanding afternoon for Kyle Petty. He has a five-car length advantage at the present time over his nearest competitor. Competitor, car number 80, Phil Finney of Merritt Island, Florida, as they streak down the backstretch to the position of Tom Curley.
2: Kyle Petty continues to show the colors out here, the Petty Enterprise, blue and white, and Kyle now with Phil Finney pulls up on the high banks.
1: Phil Finney closes it down to just a scant three car lengths as they dive bomb out of turn number four and come to the stripe as we get to the waning moments of this ARCA 200, the first official event of Speed Week's 1979 stock car style. They are now nose to tail as they dart and dive into turn number one. The west end of the Speedway is where the action is. It's a one-two combination. The Dodge magnum of the youngster 18 years of age the third generation driver to come out of the randleman north carolina clan known as the petty stable and he now lengthens it as they do the shoot and scoot down the back stretch to well over just three car lengths they're
2: approaching turn three now petty continues to show the way and it looks like finney tries to hook up as they go into the west and here they come into turn number four
1: A lot of concern before the race started as to how Kyle Petty would do in the draft. Thus far, he's had several very close moments, but at the present time, glued to his rear bumper is Phil Finney, just gambling, waiting to see what will happen. As we said, 80 laps of competition, just a tad late getting started here in activity as 49 cars took qualification runs for the half million dollar daytona 500 at 11 a.m this morning and we'll give you more about that story shortly but we're going to keep you abreast of the racing debut of kyle petty and the rest of the automobile racing club of american contestants beneath the daytona Telesign, sign halfway down that mile-long backstretch comes your one-two combination in the arca 200
2: here comes Finney now. He goes downtown the low groove and tries to take a pass on Petty and Petty pulls ahead by another two cars.
1: Phil Finney looked to the downstairs side but Kyle Petty hung tough in that characteristic high side Petty action, he's up against the concrete retaining barrier. He continues to lead this event as they come to the stripe to complete the 66th circuit. It's the blue, white side panel. Blue numeral number 44 out front, Kyle Petty, the youngster, as we said, just recently married. Just one week ago today, he married the Patty Huffman, one of the former Miss Winston girls, and they are celebrating their honeymoon here at Daytona International Speedway and in the Daytona Beach Resort area. And it would be a great afternoon, a great story, an end to a Cinderella story should Kyle Petty gather in this ARCA 200 in 1979. They're down in front of Tom Curley once again. It is
2: a day of first for the Petty clan as Petty sits in the first row. He takes the first lap and he continues to
1: lead here as we go to lap 66. There's been a lot of action thus far. Car number 73, Bobby Jax, was involved in a nine-car tangle. Jax, out of Dayton, Ohio, flipping several times. He has been removed to the Monaco Care Center. The other drivers involved in the ARCA 200 crash, some observers saying it was the worst that has been seen here at Daytona International Speedway. Marvin Smith, Mike Riley, Bobby Fisher, Paul Dean Holt Jr., and Bobby Davis. As we said, a seven-car crash brought out one of the three caution periods thus far. Kyle Petty making some fine maneuvers on pit road, making use of those caution periods, has held on to the lead. Phil Finney runs in second. Third spot belongs to your pole sitter, John Rizik of Elvin, Texas. Running in fourth is the 14 automobile, which started back in fourth position. That's Billy Hagan of Lafayette, Louisiana. We'll be down for the finish, and this, the ARCA 200, in a moment.
0: From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Ken Squire here for the refreshing mountains of bush beer. You know, since NASCAR was founded in 1947, auto racing has become one of America's most popular spectator sports. And that's because no other sport can match NASCAR's special brand of action. It's the excitement of the great races, from Riverside, California, to Richmond, Virginia. The excitement of the great crews, like Junior Johnson and company. And, of course, it's the excitement of incredible drivers, like Kaylee Arborough and David Pearson streaking to the finish line. And that's why Bush Beer is proud to sponsor NASCAR Racing. We think there's nothing to match the -the foot-through-the-floor kick of NASCAR competition. Bush shares your enthusiasm for today's race. We hope you share our enthusiasm for the great, natural mountains of Bush Beer as well. So next time, don't just reach for a beer, head for the mountains. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri.
1: A change in leadership here at Daytona International Speedway as we bring you down to the final 11 laps in this ARCA 200. Your new leader is Phil Finney of Merritt Island, Florida. A slingshot down the backstretch, gave him the lead over Kyle Petty. We'll be back for the finish, but first from Daytona Beach, Florida, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Back here at the World Center of Racing, Daytona International Speedway, Paul Dean Holt Jr. of Sweetwater, Tennessee in the Barney Chapman Torino has had an engine come unhinged in the tri-oval area. He has pulled it down onto the grass, however, and there is no caution on the speedway. Another car... Spinning wildly in the trioval, and that will bring out the caution. A tire shredding on car number eight. Bobby Watson of Prestonburg, Kentucky. He brings it to rest at the east end, the west end of the pit road area beneath the Union 76 ball. So that will bring out the caution once again with nine laps remaining. Now the run is back to the start-finish line for your lead team of Kyle Petty and Phil Finney. Finney at the in the lead as they come down here. Kyle Petty dips in the east end of the speedway and takes over the lead gambling that this race will finish under caution. They are racing back to the line, working through some race traffic, darting through comes Kyle Petty, dips to the inside, cutting through like a hot knife through butter, comes to the tri area, and at the display of the caution, it will be Petty in front, Finney in second. That will slow things down now with 72 laps of 80 circuits scheduled here, completed, Kyle Petty is your leader. And it's been a fine run, as we said. Kyle Petty coming to Daytona International Speedway to make his racing debut. Many pitside observers felt that he would wait until he was 21 years of age to make his racing debut much the same way as his father, who was a second generation driver, did and moved directly into Winston Cup Grand National competition. A lot of fast talking and a lot of sincere convincing gave Kyle Petty the Dodge Magnum, which Richard Petty drove on the Winston Cup Grand National Trail most of last year before he switched to Chevrolet General Motors Power. He brought the car here with his dad's Oldsmobile and they shook them down in the early January immediately following the Winston Western 500. Petty convinced them then that he could run with the best of them, clocking speeds in excess of 187 miles per hour. They came to Daytona International Speedway with John Markham's Traveling Circus, known as the Automobile Racing Club of America, and Kyle Petty literally wowed the pitside observers by qualifying at 189.243 miles per hour. Your second-place car presents himself on pit road. At the present time... That's Phil Finney in car number 80. So your leader is car number 44, Kyle Petty, as we said. Finney is on pit road. The crew goes to action. They were showing some white smoke from beneath the Finney machine, so it could be a problem for Phil Finney, who was battling so hard with Kyle Petty. But for the young Petty, at 18 years of age, as we said, it's been a flawless afternoon and a fitting ending to a Cinderella story. Having qualified, as we said, at 189.243, he has literally had his hands full here, learning the hard way, the little intricacies of the draft and the little tricks that this grandmother of stock car racing, this speedway known as Daytona International Speedway can throw up at a race driver. Daytona International Speedway celebrating its 20th anniversary of competition. This will be the 21st year of competition to be exact, but they are celebrating somewhat the 20th anniversary, and it was 20 years ago in 1959 when the driver by the name of Lee Petty planked car number 42 into victory lane, but they did not determine that the winner of the Daytona 500 was the Randleman, North Carolina driver until just about a day and a half after the close of the event. It was a controversial finish and a controversial start to the Daytona International Speedway, but today we are witnessing history once again as a third-generation driver. Kyle Petty, Randleman, North Carolina, newly married, just a bachelor just a week ago, hitching up with Patty Huffman, now known as Patty Petty, and she may make her first visit to Victory Lane this afternoon in this ARCA 200 spectacular. As we said, there's been a lot of activity here at Daytona International Speedway, and so much more coming up. will be on the air to the conclusion of the Bush Clash of 1979. We'll also give you a complete rundown on how the run for the pole for the $588,000 Daytona 500 went earlier today. But the action under caution as we work down to six laps remaining in the ARCA 200 shows Kyle Petty, your leader, running in second is John Rezac in car number 17, third spot. Having been administered to on pit road, Phil Finney moves back into third position while running fourth, one lap down, is car number 14. That's Billy Hagan of Lafayette, Louisiana, and running fifth on the field at the present time is the 98 of Ralph Jones from Upton, Kentucky in the Martha Jones Torino. The activity, as we said, very hot, very hectic here. It's a beautiful day at Daytona International Speedway. Some 50,000 people have flocked to this two-and-a-half-mile facility to view what many people are saying is the greatest spectacular in racing, the greatest three-in-one show ever to be witnessed anywhere in the world. The the run-for-the-pole position has been completed. We will tell you more about that later. Right now, we are winding down to the ARCA 200, and coming up shortly, what is considered by most to be the greatest race in history, the Bush Clash of 79. There'll be one lap to go and we will resume Green Flag Racing. Getting down for resumption of Green Flag Racing with 75 laps completed from Daytona Beach, Florida, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Green flag has just been displayed to the ARCA 200 field with Kyle Petty leading the field into the West End High Bank, turn number one. John Rezac has appropriated second position, and he has glued his front bumper to the rear deck lid of the Kyle Petty number 44 as they come down the back stretch in front of Tom Curley.
2: Petty continues to lead Rezac. Here comes Rezac down in the low groove and he starts to take over as he comes alongside Kyle Petty. Rezac takes over the lead going into the east bank.
1: John Rezac blows a 189 mile per hour hole in a wall of wind and goes downstairs and takes over the lead from Kyle Petty. Petty battles back on the high side riding, riding the roller coaster out of turn number four. It's side by side as they come to the stripe and there will be four laps to go. Two rookies leading this ARCA 200. It's John Rizak on the low side. Kyle Petty down on the high side as they go to turn one once again. Petty hanging tough, showing a lot of poise for an 18-year-old youngster. The Texas driver loses the advantage. Kyle Petty blows himself into turn number two out front by three car lengths.
0: Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa's silent guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide.
2: have to know that Kyle Petty's been listening to his dad, Richard, as he rides the high groove up into the high turns, Jack, and they come down. Kyle Petty now leads by two car lengths as they approach the east banking.
1: Kyle Petty, as we said, driving the Dodge Magnum, the car that Richard Petty tried to qualify for the Daytona 500 just one year ago here. He ran it in the Firecracker 400 as well, forsook it at it michigan international speedway in late august and went to general motors products. but thus far the magnum is p- performing flawlessly for young kyle petty petty comes across the stripe to complete the 78th circuit there are two laps to go for this 18 year old race driver as he makes an attempt to be the first petty to win at daytona international speedway in his first visit now, remember, Lee Petty did it, but he, Lee Petty had been a Winston Cup Grand National competitor for many years racing on the beach circuit here at Daytona Beach, Florida. Right now, it will be a battle down to the wire. John Rizak is glued to the rear bumper of Kyle Petty and look for that characteristic famed Daytona slingshot. It will be a wild, typical ARCA 200 finish to this 1979 renewal of this Midwestern Classic. As they come to the start finish line once again, it is single file with Kyle Petty out front. The blue, white side panel blue numeral number 44 the white flag has been displayed to him and the red number 17 of John Rezac. They go to the west end of the speedway for the final time, escalating the speed to 189 miles per hour. It's Petty in front, Rezac runs in second. Down the back stretch,
2: Petty continues to show his colors as this will be a great story if he can hang on for one half a track length, Jack, as they go down into number three turn.
1: Young Kyle Petty hoping now that his charge does not turn into a pumpkin in the final lap. John Rezac builds up the speed, working some race traffic. They negotiate by that. Here's where the Daytona slingshot starts. Down off the roller coaster, it's Kyle Petty out front. He goes downstairs. Rezac comes upstairs. They are side by side to the stripe. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner... Of the arca 200 is kyle petty eighteen years of age he wins his first racing debut here in the arca 200 petty has won this automobile racing club of america event well ladies and gentlemen you have just listened to history kyle petty eighteen years of age making his first racing start anywhere in the world, started on the outside pole for the ARCA 200. He led several times, made good use of pit stops and caution flag periods, and he has won his first racing event. Let's go down now to Victory Lane and pick up the public address feed from Motor Racing Network's Mike Joy.
3: People will have him first, and then we'll get a very happy ARCA 2 winner out of the car. Here comes Richard Petty, and what a proud father he's going to be today. He's been to a lot of victory lanes, but never one quite like this. He's now inside the car and congratulating Kyle. And Richard just about had to jump into the car to get to his son, who is still inside the automobile. Well, the famous Petty grin is back in victory lane. Richard is just smiling, grinning from ear to ear, and shaking his head back and forth in disbelief. And they're still trying to get Kyle out of the car. Here he is, Kyle Petty, winner of the ARCA 200, is talking now with Brock Yates of CBS Television. We'll have the proud winner and proud father over here in just a minute. For now, let's go back upstairs to Barney Hall.
1: Barney Hall will be with us very shortly to cover the remainder of this Bush clash of 1979. And as we look at the... GMC safety trucks bringing in the carnage, the remainders of several automobiles that were involved in crashes here, which has become somewhat of a benchmark of the Automobile Racing Club of America events here at Daytona International Speedway. Let us update for you the condition of Bobby Jacks, Marvin Smith, Mike Riley, Bobby Fisher, Paul Dean Holt Sr., and Bobby Davis. They were involved in a vicious seven-car crash here in the Arca 200 with Jacks spinning and then flipping several times with his car number 73. All drivers have been taken to the Al Monaco Care Center in the infield portion of this two and a half mile facility, and they are all right. They have all been released, and they have made their way back to their respective pit areas. Let us now go down back to Victory Lane and Motor Racing Network's Mike Joy. As we wait for Mike Joy to come in, we see the Combatants in the Bush Clash of 79 presenting their cars on Pitt Road. Now remember, this is that dream race. Nine cars will go for $150,000. Here's the
3: winner of the ARCA 200, Kyle Petty. Well, what a way to get started in an auto racing career. Is that right? You've never driven in an auto race before this Sunday?
2: Yes, sir. This is right. We come down here uh, two or three weeks ago to, to practice, but other than that, this
3: is the only time I've been in a car around the track. The first day down here, your dad voiced a little concern that uh, you weren't too happy about running in a draft. We'll talk about trial by fire. Things couldn't have been any busier than they were out there this afternoon. Yeah, there was a lot of traffic out there. and I mean, you know, a few engines blew and a couple of wrecks and stuff like that. We had a few cautions to slow things down and give you a rest. But uh, all in all, there was a lot of traffic. On that last pit stop, was any strategy given you for the last couple of laps if it boiled down to this kind of finish? no just hang on and go <laughs> what about before the race your dad must have offered some words of encouragement but he was shaking his head like he doesn't believe it that you're here either do you believe it or has it hit you yet that you've won the ArCA 200 well i don't think it's hit me yet really but uh <laughs> i don't really know i'm just tickled to be here i think i've heard that line before patty huffman petty kyle gets his racing career off to a great start and he's only been married a week it looks like that got off to a great start too
4: this was the best anniversary present he could give
3: me <laughs> you've been Vic- in victory lane with your dad but it's never been like this no sir definitely not Kyle Petty winner of the ARCA 200 let's try to get Richard up here for just a moment well here's granddad Lee Petty is here and proud father Richard Petty Richard you walked into victory lane grinning from ear to ear and almost in disbelief do you believe it now not really. Uh, I tell you,
4: you know, if you're writing a Hollywood script, you don't write them like this. It's really unbelievable, but he done a super, super job. And, you know, I was afraid to tell him anything on the last two or three laps. I said, you know, just let him learn his own his own. So it uh, looks like he knew what he's doing.
3: What was going through your mind on those last couple of laps? Would you have done it any differently? <laughs> yeah, I'd have probably run second. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, congratulations. Lee Petty, it looks like we've got a racing dynasty going here. Three generations of Petty. And they all come and win told him
4: Well, I think it was really unreal what he did out there because he'd been down here in a practice a little bit. Two weeks ago, I told him how about getting a race car and see if he could change gear. <laughs> and so naturally, the first thing he'd done, he choked it. And from then on, he said, well, I've got the race to earn my living.
1: Lee,
3: congratulations.
1: Well, Victory Lane celebration continues. Barney Hall, who will be co-anchoring with me on the Daytona 500 and Sportsman 300, has joined us. And looking, Barney, at the Winston Cup Grand National Rundown for one Richard Lee Petty, it was nine races... And zero wins in 1958 when he started. In 59, he raced 21 times and yet to score a victory. It was not until his third year of Winston Cup Grand National Competition that Richard Petty scored his first victory. An amazing start for his young son at 18 years of age to come to Daytona International Speedway and score the ARCA 200 victory in 1979.
5: Well, Richard has said many times to a lot of the writers and broadcasters around the country that he was not a natural-born race driver himself, that it took him about four to five years to really where he felt like he had the experience and ability to be the driver he is today.
1: Well, we'll get a look at the pole position qualifying for the Daytona 500 and also be giving you live and exclusive coverage of this dream race known as the Bush Clash of 79 after this. From Daytona International Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Back here at the World Center of Racing, Daytona International Speedway, I'm Jack Root, along with Barney Hall. And, Barney, there's been so much activity here, of course, starting at 11 o'clock this morning, and we'll be going into a complete rundown on that, the run for the pole position. And I think several drivers surprised us and many of these 50,000 spectators on how well they did, namely some of the independents.
5: Well, there are an awful lot of drivers who normally do not qualify in the top ten, but, Jackie, there were 16 drivers who qualified at over 190 miles an hour in the pole position run today for the Daytona 500. And some of those drivers are names that
1: you do not see up there normally. 49 cars attempted qualifications, and the track record was broken not once, but twice. Now, that record stood for some nine years. It was broken twice, and it was set by Cale Yarbrough in 1970, Pole position qualifying for the Daytona 500 of that year, and that was set at 194.015 in a Wood Brothers 1969 Mercury. And it looks as if actually that pole run was broken, not twice, but three times today. First car out in qualification was Neil Bonnet, and he toured the Speedway at 185.391 miles per hour. They had a lot of work to do because they are one of the competitors in the Bush Clash of 79. The top nine drivers from pole position runs of 1978 have been given starting berths in this dream race for $150,000 and $50,000 to win. Bonnet made a quick trip around the Speedway and then went to work preparing his Jim Stacy car for this afternoon's 20 lap 50 mile event JD McDuffie another one of the Bush Clash competitors was next out on the racetrack he toured the speedway at 186.258 miles per hour then it was Daryl Waltrip Waltrip driving Maybelline a brand new car for the die guard racing people and he toured the speedway at 193.411 miles per hour
6: we figured we'd be 4th or possibly even 5th and uh, we didn't you know, we did everything we could do to run as quick as we can uh, and still utilize the same engine in, in all the races.
1: Your philosophy has always been you're not concerned how fast you run at the front of the race, but how fast you're running at the end of the race. Is that going to be the same for the $500,000 Daytona 500? Well, it's going to work real good for 500
6: miles. I don't know about 20 laps. That's, what, uh, you know, that's the next thing on the agenda is to take this car back and get it ready to race.
1: 193.411 miles per hour, the run by Darrell Waltrip. Next out on the racetrack was Cale Yarbrough in the Bush Beer Junior Johnson prepared number 11. He made one lap at 194.321 miles per hour, and then his car started to smoke badly as it came across the line, but it was, at that time, fast enough to gather in the pole position in the early qualification efforts. Kyle, what happened with the race car after that first lap? Well, we had a little problem
4: with it on the first lap. It started smoking and uh, we figured it just caved a piston in but uh, you know we just got one in lucky to get that one in I guess but it won't be good enough for the pole.
1: You don't think it will. Who do you think will take the pole today? Well I think Buddy Baker
4: or uh, some of the other boys that's really been running strong. Don Allison's running good. I run quicker than that. Larson brings his Chevy 4 tires Racing
2: Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating
1: 94 octane, the highest octane on the market, performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money stop here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Back here at Daytona International Speedway, known as the World Center of Racing. Getting ready for a start in the Bush Clash of 1979, but we're giving you a recap at the present time of how qualifying went earlier today, starting at 11 p.m. Next car out on the racetrack was Lenny Pond driving the Burger King, number 54. Now, this is a car from the James Hilton stable. Lenny's best effort was a disappointing 185.632 miles per hour. And then the crowd went up in arms as david pearson put his purolator mercury number 21 on the speedway clocking in at 190.424 miles per hour but he had an untested engine in the car a problem with david pearson's well, machine Well,
7: that's a uh, 190 is not bad for engine like i say we just cranked the thing up and and we was all rushed up to get it in and we were looking to get qualified we had trouble this morning so that's not too bad just to start off leonard hadn't had time to fine tune it yet
1: well, they've been working for the last two and a half hours, Leonard Wood and the rest of the Wood Brothers racing team, and they have been trying to dial in that Later Mercury, not only to run faster in the 125-mile qualifiers, but most importantly, Barney, in this bush clash of 1979.
5: Well, the field, we just looked down on Pit Road, Jackie. They've lined the cars up, and very shortly, they'll be getting the green in that bush clash, and the best drivers in the world are in this one, that's for sure. Everybody's waiting. It is, as you said a moment ago, a dream race. And as far as picking a winner, any of
1: the nine drivers will tell you you might as well flip a coin because any one of those five could do it. Next car out on the racetrack earlier today as he attempted qualifications was the silver numeral black side paneled number 28 from the Harry Rainier stable crew chiefed by Herb Nab and J.C. Elder, Buddy Baker the tall giant from Charlotte, North Carolina, who has come so close here and past Daytona 500s, he's yet to score a victory in this biggest race on the Winston Cup Grand National Circuit, and he flat wowed the crowd with his run. And there's a lot of happiness here in a brand new machine, number 28, buddy baker unbelievable you not only broke the record but you literally shattered it to pieces 196.049 miles per hour what can be said you've got to be totally happy about the about the run well the race car is just a super
4: effort uh i have a just a cool great mechanics and a super race car and a great engine builder you know it's just a, a great racing team and uh I hope that gets the pole. It sounds like it might be close, but uh, Donnie Allison's coming up. He's running awfully well. Uh, I'm very pleased, though. If we don't get the pole, I'm very pleased with the car. It's handling well and running super. And I'm just tickled to death to have such an effort in front of me.
1: Well, this Spectra 2 Formula 250 machine is a new ride for you this year. Have you found it difficult trying to mesh your philosophies as a driver with those of Herb Nab, Jake Elder, and the rest of the crew? Or did it all kind of click from the first day?
4: Well, when you got people with the uh, abilities that I have this year, uh, I'm on the line. Uh, they, these are great mechanics. I'm the one that's on the line. I have to hold my end of it up, and I just hope that I'm able to do that. What would a win in the Daytona 500 mean to you, Buddy Baker? Well, I've told you before, that is my racing career. I've been close on so many times and not made it. I'm, I'm really after it this time, and I have the car to do it with,
1: I think. Back here at the World Center of Racing, going down the qualifying order earlier today. The eighth car out was Benny Parsons in the Griffith Marine Supply, number 27 from the Savannah, Georgia-based David If prepared M.C. Anderson stable. Benny's best effort was 191.934 miles per hour. Next out in the Hodgkin National Engineering Moore prepared number 15 was Bobby Allison. Now Allison clocked in at 187.696 miles per hour.
7: Well, naturally, with those those mobiles all running 195 and 96 and all that, I can't be very pleased with uh, 187. Uh, You know, we're doing the best we can. We've worked hard on the car, Bud, and the guys have uh, put a lot of effort out, and uh, we just got a lot bigger car to run against them on this kind of a racetrack. So, uh, you know, we just hope that uh, we run good and, and handle good in the race.
1: What's the sensitivity of the draft with this car? equate out in terms of miles per hour. How much can you pick up with the car when you're sniffing out a draft, running nose-to-tail in a choo-choo train?
7: Well, you can pretty well uh, hang on to to about anybody uh, that I've run with so far. I've run uh, on up into the uh, 192, 193 bracket, I guess, drafting. But, uh, uh, you know, it's a a totally different thing. The car does handle good, and so uh, it does... Really uh, draft good, but
5: uh,
7: it's a whole different thing when you're talking about trying to run 195 or 96 by yourself
5: Well, the next car out to qualify was Ronnie Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia his speed 181.335 Ronnie the 1978 rookie of the year then came Chuck Bound from Portland, Oregon and a good run for this young driver who hopes to probably run most of the races this year we understand He qualified at 189.243 miles an hour. Very pleased with that. Jimmy Vandiver, a driver from Charlotte, North Carolina, came out next. Speed 187.664 miles an hour. Behind Vandiver, Grant Adcox from Chattanooga, Tennessee, speed of 184.657 miles an hour. Jim Herdebees, who always comes to Daytona, and hopefully to make the field for the Daytona 500, he's tried to make them all, qualified at 181.499. His crew has a lot of work to do to get him in before next Sunday. Dick Brooks, who has switched rides this year, he's in the Bear Finder, Oldsmobile, qualified at 187.130. He was satisfied with it, but he thinks they can run faster. Blackie Wangering, a driver from Minnesota, qualified at 188.225 and a good qualifying run for this team. Then came Richard Childress, the young driver from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, in the CRC chemical car. A super run
1: for Childress at 192.489 miles an hour. And he took one lap at 192.489 and then brought the red and white numeral number three onto pit road. Only one lap. Why? The car was real loose, and
6: the temperature started to get up, so uh, we were set up to qualify, and it only takes one lap.
1: From Daytona Beach, Florida, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Back at Daytona International Speedway, the pre-race activities continuing on Pitt Road. For a report on some of the circus that's going on preparing for the bush clash, let's go down to Mary Trout. Checking on the action and just coming down to rest directly in front of the introductory stand is a brand new Bush beer sponsored parachutist. And as he landed, Barney, he pulled out a can of the new Bush beer and popped the top on it. Well, the fans were cheering. We wondered for a moment there what everybody was looking up for. And he put it right on target, landing almost on pit road. 18th car out to attempt qualifications was a Kannapolis, North Carolina driver, Dale Earnhardt, and they are touting Earnhardt as one of the future stars in racing, Barney. His speed, how about giving it to us?
5: Speed for Earnhardt, extremely pleasing to himself and the crew, 190.275 miles an hour. Dick May, who always comes to Daytona also and makes the field here, May qualified at 179.57, a correction, 598 miles an hour. And then a young driver from Dawsonville, Georgia, Bill Elliott, came on the speedway. Good qualifying run also for Elliott, 185.242
1: miles an hour. Next driver out was a Wisconsin driver that is going to make a full-time attempt at gathering in the 1979 Winston Cup Grand National Rookie of the Year title that's put up by Corp out of New York City. Dave Watson toured the speedway at 186.800 miles per hour for her first attempt at qualifying in this prestigious Daytona 500. Dave, your impressions on your first visit to Daytona
6: in this Amsoil special? Well, this... Uh... You know, you talk to everybody. This is definitely the the ultimate in stock car racing here at the Daytona 500, and uh, it doesn't matter what anybody tries to tell you or what's going on or how this is or what what's happening here. You don't know until you do it yourself, and it's a different deal. I'm going to tell you.
1: What are the feelings, the emotional feelings, when you come to Daytona? And is there a lot of pressure with the Daytona 500 as a rookie? Well, this is the first time I've ever been on the track,
6: and uh, of course. I think there's a lot of pressure for everybody, whether they're trying to win the pole or make the race. And uh, right at the moment, uh, with the good Lord's help, we're going to make the race, and that's what we're here for.
5: Well, Claude Ballolina was the next car out of the speedway, the great European road racer, and he put in a creditable lap at 186.629 miles an hour. He was well pleased with that. Bobby Ligarski. Came out at 176.568, and Jackie, he was very disappointed, but the crew says they can get the car faster, and hopefully he can make it into the lineup. Skip Manning, who was on the speedway next, blew the engine in the car, didn't post any qualifying time at all. And Ty Scott, the young driver from Penn Argyle, Pennsylvania, one of the drivers we were talking about that showed up so well here today that you normally do not see in that top ten qualifier. Scott's lap, 191.4 four or five miles an
1: hour. I think probably crew chief Harry Hyde best put the efforts of Ty Scott into perspective when he said he thinks Ty Scott is the next Pennsylvania Mario Andretti. Well,
5: he was not a natural-born race driver when he came onto the circuit the first year. There were a lot of people who doubted that he would make it, but he has come into his own in the last couple of seasons. Bruce Hill, qualified at 190.468 miles an hour. Very happy with that effort for his team. Cuckoo Marlin, Columbia, Tennessee, who always makes it into the lineup for the Daytona 500, qualified at
1: 188.218 miles an hour. 28th attempted at qualifying was Frank Warren in the Native Tan Dodge Magnum, number 79, and he had a good run with that Native Tan Dodge, posting a speed of 191.140 miles per hour. For the Native Tan Dodge people, the independents such as yourself, how important is a qualifying time such as this 191 clip?
6: Well, if you're fast enough, then if you should have a problem in the qualifying race, uh, this would still put you in the field for the
8: Sunday race.
1: Your reactions? You've been around for a long time. Buddy Baker's clocking earlier today at 196 miles per hour. Is there anybody left in line that can break that? I really don't believe so next driver out was bill dennis of Ettrick, virginia driving car number 19 one of the belden asphalt prepared machines dennis's clocking was 184.309 miles per hour the nestor peles brought his car number 34 a chevrolet out onto the racetrack a disappointing 174.196 for nestor and he will have a long way to go as he attempts to break into the starting field for the daytona 500 by way of those two 125 mile qualifiers
5: John Utzman, a driver from Bluff City, Tennessee, qualified at 183.277 miles an hour. Tommy Gale, on the speedway in the Sunny King Ford Honda-sponsored car, qualifying at
1: 183.009. United States Auto Club champion A.J. Foyt turned in a time at 191.959, and he knew that he didn't have a chance at the pole position here for the Daytona 500.
9: Jackie, well, this is Marion This is about far
7: faster than we've run. We've been running 186 uh, I don't know, we're just a little bit short somewhere. I just hope we find it for a race day.
1: Well, you work with the Hutchison Pagan crew, is with the car, and you feel that, you, you know, when you've come to Daytona in the past, you've been very fast and you've gone down a lap early in the race or you've had a problem. Do you think maybe this is a reverse kind of luck now that you've got, you know, you're not really all that fast, but maybe it'll all come together for the Daytona 500?
7: Well, the last three years, you know, we've we'll sit up front, so something might got to change uh, just take the good with the bad
1: your reaction to stock car racing daytona style do you enjoy coming down here and running with the winston cup guys
7: oh, i really do to me this is probably next to annapolis you know it's the greatest uh, stock car race in the world and uh, all the guys are down here super people and bill jr and bill senior have been real good to me ever since i've been coming down here so i've got a lot of friends down here and I'm looking forward to getting out of texas coming to florida for a while
9: Jackie this is Mary in the pits as you know everything is getting underway here it's quite exciting a lot of people on pit road along with David ift who is standing right next to me he is the crew chief for Benny Parsons and Benny of course is standing on the pole for the bush class 1979 David is Benny's car ready to run this most important race
8: Well, we're not the fastest car out there. There's a couple cars faster than us, but I believe that nobody's going to run away with it. I just hope that everybody, you know, runs and we don't have no accidents or anything. Everybody gets through it safe.
9: David, as you said, you're not the fastest car. Benny was not running that fast this afternoon when he qualified for next week's 500 race. But if Benny had anything that the other drivers do not, what would you say it would be?
8: Well, Well, I wish I had about 30 more horsepower than the rest of them, but you know we're it's a new team and everything and it's just taking time to get it going but you know we're i'm just happy to to be here and be in this race and everything and uh you know you got to go 500 miles before you can win so 500 miles is a long way and if we're around at the end we got a good shot at
9: it what about this race coming up in just a few minutes the bush clash of 1979 one of the most talked about races in, in stock car history
8: well there's a lot of tension on everybody. Uh, I just, like I say, I just hope everybody gets through it safe and sound, and, you know, we can, I'm, I'm ready to get it over with. <laughs>
9: <laughs> David, I saw you talking just a few seconds ago with Benny. He didn't seem nervous. Is he nervous?
8: Well, if you're not nervous, you know, he ain't human, so he doesn't show it like a lot of people, but uh, I believe he is. You know, people rob banks for less than $50,000. <laughs>
9: <laughs> Thank you very much, David. David F. Chief for Benny Parsons, who is sitting on the pole. Now back to you, Jackie and Barney.
5: At the Daytona International Speedway, as they qualified here this morning for the Daytona 500, Roger Hamby's lap of 182.545, a little disappointing for this team, but they hope to get it together also. Morgan Shepherd was the next car on the Speedway. His run,
1: 182.879 miles an hour. Gary Ballou and car number was the 36th car out in car number 87, one of the Southern Short Track Stormers that's going to attempt to qualify for the Daytona 500. His clocking 187.099. 37th car to attempt qualifications was Baxter Price in 179.958 was the best effort for that independent. While Bobby Fisher brought car number 40 out of the Speedway, the Midwestern Farms entry from the D.K. Ulrich stable. His clocking 184.087. Next out, 39th to attempt qualifications was Paul Fess his clocking 185.056 then one of the outstanding rookie contenders on the Winston Cup Grand National Circuit at was Harry Gantt and he clocked in at 186.900 for Buddy Arrington quite a surprise for the Dodge Magnum 192.127 miles per hour for that Reed trailer sales Dodge Magnum he was the 42nd 41st car out in competition The 42nd car
5: out would have been Richard Petty, and Petty a little bit disappointed, but he said he ran just about what he expected to at 191.273. Jackie, you talked with him.
4: We run a little bit quicker than that. That's the slowest laps we've run uh, probably in the last couple of days here. But, uh, you know, basically we figured we couldn't run a whole lot faster than that.
1: You've always set a car up not to qualify that well up front, but to finish 500 miles in the high groove. The car has a characteristic petty twitch as it comes down the main straightaway. You like to just wash off these concrete retaining barriers. Do you think this Oldsmobile will be the same way? Can you run in the high groove here in that characteristic petty fashion? Well, I tell you, if it
7: don't get to running faster than that, I'm going to have to buy me a shorter way
1: around
5: the right strike, The voice of Richard Petty. Joe Milliken, the young rookie driver who took over the LG DeWitt car that was driven for the last few seasons with Benny Parsons, qualified super good at 192.205. Then came Butch Mock. He qualified at 189.031 miles an hour. Dave Marcus out. Fair qualifying run for Marcus, 187.273 miles an hour. Ricky Rudd, the 1978 Rookie of the Year. Good qualifying run for this youngster from Chesapeake, Virginia, 189.039. And then came Donnie Allison.
1: And for Allison, he was one of the last out and fell short of Baker's mark, but he was fast enough for the outside pole at 194.889 miles per hour. Well, Jackie, I
10: I don't have any excuses. You know, we we felt like we could run maybe a, a little faster and uh you know i'm real pleased i'd like to get on the pole but i knew buddy was going to be awful strong and uh really i think hoss and the whole crew and everybody worked awful hard to run this good and uh you know i'm just going to try to do my part at, uh we got 125 miles to worry about and uh you know we're just going to give them hell
1: well, last year it looked as if you were really just literally cheated out of any chance that you had to show the promise of the Hawaiian Tropic car early in the Daytona 500 when you had some problems. With this car and the 125-mile qualifying race, are you going to be outloaded for bear? Or will, if we're kind of assuming that you'll have the outside pole locked up here. Will you just kind of sit back and just test the car out, or will you run on Thursday just as flat out as you possibly can?
10: Well, Jackie, uh, you know... We are going to run all the races for the point championship, and uh, uh, I can't make myself sit back. If I can lead the race, I'm going to be right there in the front, and uh, you know, I'm going to try to take care of my equipment because I do want to finish, but I'm not going to let that interfere with how I run.
1: 48th car out was Terry Labonte. His qualifying effort in the Stratograph special was 189.318 miles per hour. 49th and final qualifier was Jeff Bodine out of Bellingham, Massachusetts, the winningest short track driver in the country in 1978. His clocking, a very good 190.443 miles per hour. And, Barney, we will give a complete in-depth qualification rundown after the Bush Clash of 79. But right now, the Pontiac Safety Car, that beautiful Silverbird Trans Am special edition car, has this nine-car field in tow. Let's give our listeners the starting lineup.
5: Well, it will be Benny Parsons of Ellaby, North Carolina, on the pole in the M.C. Anderson Oldsmobile. Starting second in this bush clash will be Darrell Walter for Franklin, Tennessee in the Gatorade Oldsmobile. Starting third, Buddy Baker, Charlotte, North Carolina, the W.I.N. Incorporated Oldsmobile machine. Starting fourth, Bobby Allison, Hueytown, Alabama in the Budmore Thunderbird. And starting fifth, J.D. McDuffie, Sanford, North Carolina, the Bailey Excavating Olds. Starting sixth is Lenny Pond of Chester, Virginia in the Pond Chevrolet. Seventh position is Cale Yarborough, Timmonsville, South Carolina, the Bush Oldsmobile. In eighth position, David Pearson in the Purolator Mercury. And Neil Bonnet brings up the tail end of the field in the Stacy Racing Oldsmobile.
1: Coming down for preparation to go green flag racing in this dream race, the Bush Clash of 79. From Daytona Beach, Florida, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Here at Daytona International Speedway, we are just moments away from the start of what is being touted as the greatest race ever conceived. Nine cars going for $150,000, covering the action in turn number two of this two and a half mile speedway is Mike Joy. It is beautiful
3: down here in turn number one. It's a gorgeous day. There's not a cloud in the sky. About 60 degrees. Perfect racing weather for this bush clash of 79. And, Jackie, I wish they hadn't announced this race until about two days ago because I wasn't sure I could hold my breath for a month. But we're finally here, and we're going to see the nine fastest guys of 1978 slug it out for 50 miles.
1: Tom Curley is covering the action on the backstretch. You've heard from him before as the cars round into turn number four, covering the action for the MRN Broadcasting Company is Bill Bowser.
11: Well, I think this is the most exciting race I've ever broadcast and probably I'm ever going to watch. And right now, coming out of this 31-degree oceanside side backing at the world center of auto racing, the two front and the seven behind are following the Pontiac pace car, and he looks like he's ready to lead them down, and we're ready for a go.
1: Barney Hall, here they come. The dream race is just several hundred feet away from the drop of the green flag.
5: Audi safety car dives on the pit road and nine of the best drivers in the world as some 50,000 people hold their breath. They're 300 yards from the start-finish line waiting for the green flag. Benny Parsons, Darrell Waltrip eye each other on the front row. Green flag.
1: And the bush clash for 79 is underway. A very good start as Cale Yarborough goes downstairs from his eighth position. They shuffle, bump and grind as they go to turn number 1. It looks to be Darrell Waltrip taking the advantage in turn 1. It is Waltrip for the high
3: groove and here comes Bobby Allison starting outside second row. Allison following Waltrip through in second spot. Third is Baker. Fourth is Parsons. Fifth is Pearson as they head down the back stretch. Darryl Waltrip, he looks like a strutting peacock as he comes down looking into
2: turn number three. Bobby Allison pulls up nose to tail as they go into the east bank and here comes Buddy Baker, Bill Bowser,
11: Buddy Baker down to the inside of Darryl Waltrip and now he tucks back into the back end of Waltrip. Waltrip's going to lead him down out of turn number four to the start, finish strike. Baker running second and Allison third
5: single file out of that fourth corner. It is Waltrip to lead the first lap. Baker dives low. He may try to lead it himself. Thinks better of it. It's Waltrip, Baker, Bobby Allison, David
3: Pearson, and Benny Parsons. They swing back into turn number one. Still single file. Nine cars continue single file. Here goes Buddy Baker. Bottom of the racetrack. Slides past Waltrip. Comes up into the middle groove. And Baker has the lead. He's pulling away. Four car lengths out of turn number two. Then it's Waltrip, Allison, Pearson, Parsons, Bonnet, Yarborough, Pond, and J.D. McDuffie. Here comes Buddy Baker, the fastest man in a closed circuit, 200
2: miles an hour. He now takes in a turn, the east bank. Buddy Baker, Daryl Walter pulls up, Phil
11: Bowser. Darryl Waltrip goes on to the back of Buddy Baker. Baker, of course, a pole center on the 500, seems fastest, but the number 88 Dieguard Gatorade
1: car is on. The Dieguard Racing Machine entry for Daryl Waltrip stays glued to the rear bumper of the Charlotte, North Carolina driver Buddy Baker. They have pulled to a four-car length advantage over your third-place machine, the Purelator Mercury of David Pearson, in this Bush Clash of 79. Coming down to complete the third lap in this 20-lap Bush Clash, it's Buddy Baker and Daryl Waltrip pulling to a four-car length advantage over David Pearson and Bobby Allison, who run third and fourth respectively. We pause now for station identification. So far, Barney Hall, the scenario seems to be going as expected. Baker and Waltra pulling to an advantage over the two Mercury automobiles, the Ford Mercury products running third and fourth respectively.
5: Well, drafting was to be the key in this race, Jackie, and that's exactly what it has been. The last three laps, here they come out of turn number four. It is still Baker and Waltrip just glued together, inches apart as they ride one and two. Then back in that third and fourth position is the Mercury and the Thunderbird of Bobby Allison. They are about 20 car lengths behind. At fifth position comes Cale Yarborough, and those backpack are losing the draft, and that will be the key to winning this race. They're back in one.
3: When this race was announced, they said it was a Buddy Baker kind of race because Baker runs second to nobody if he can help it. Pearson and Allison, third and fourth, they are closing the gap minutely as they come out of turn number two, a four-car battle for the fifth position.
2: David Pearson comes from eighth. He's now running third, and here's a tight draft now with Buddy Baker and Gerald Wampel into the East Bank.
11: Baker pulls right through the 31-degree banking to the ocean side with Darrell Waltrip and the 88 Gatorade Olds right behind. Then the next two, David Pearson and Bobby Allison to the strike.
5: No change in the front twosome. They still run nose to tail and they are inches apart at the start finish line. Baker continues to show the way. Waltrip rides that slipstream. Pearson is the third place car. Allison is fourth. Fifth is Yarborough. Sixth is Parsons. And a battle for the seventh position. Lenny Pond right in the thick of things as they move back into turn number one.
3: Heading into one Waltrip gives Baker breathing room. If you can call half a car length breathing room out of turn two. Waltrip tightens it up again and comes right back onto the bumper of Baker's silver and black Oldsmobile. Buddy Baker thinks he's short-tracking with a
2: $50,000 trophy dash as they push and shove into turn number three.
11: Darryl Waltrip won't make a try again this time. He's content to sit behind a back bumper of the number 28, Hector Olds, of none other than Buddy Baker, fastest on the day, continues to stay that fast.
5: Down into the trioval, front two, still run nose to tail as Baker and Waltrip trying to move away from Pearson and Allison. Then, still in fifth position, and now linked up is Benny Parsons... And the Bush Oldsmobile of Cale Yarborough. And Jackie Root, as you look around the speedway, there are four twosomes and one onesome heading down into turn number one as McDuffie has lost the
1: draft and continues to lose ground on the leaders. J.D. McDuffie was very concerned that he did not have enough horsepower to stay with these front leaders, but remember $10,000 for last place, so J.D., and if we get a caution flag for any reason, the caution laps will not count and that will tighten the field up considerably. But we're seeing a classic display of drafting techniques in turn number four as Bobby Allison goes downstairs in appropriate 3rd position. Bobby Allison
11: grabs it off of David Pearson as they come right out of turn number 4. He'll be moving up into the 3rd spot, down into the dry oboe on the stripe.
5: Back to the line it is still Buddy Baker and Waltrip from Daytona Beach, Florida. This is the MRN Broadcasting Company. The Bush Clash 79 is underway and down the back chute go Baker and Waltrip. Then back for 3rd position. It's shaping up as a 4-way battle as they move right up into turn number 3. David Pearson dives to the inside.
2: Pearson goes up into three now a four way up into the high banks and Bill Bowser.
11: David Pearson has to go high and then down low there they come they're two and two again now Bobby Allison trying to pull up very hardly but Allison has to back off as they come toward the strike. this time in the tri
1: well, Barney Hall, this two-car squadron up front are beginning to lengthen their advantage over David Pearson, Bobby Allison, Benny Parsons, and the separation now is 5 and 6 seconds as they go into turn one in front of Mike Joy.
3: It's Bobby Allison appropriating third position, moving past Pearson, five car lengths ahead of a tight draft involving Pearson, Parsons, and Cale Yarborough. At 200 miles an hour, they approach
2: turn three, and it looks like Buddy Baker's going to show Daryl Waltrip who the best in the world is, turn three.
11: That front twosome now are high up into the 31-degree banking of the turn, but Waltrip isn't letting off any. There's just a few feet. It looks like he goes down a little bit to the inside. Then he backs in behind the bumper of that number 28 Oldsmobile, the front runner Baker.
5: The front twosome have something working for them, Jackie Root, and the fact that the, the, the third, fourth, and fifth place cars are running side by side trying to swap those positions around, that will make you run slower. As they do that, it allows both Baker and Waltrip to stretch their lead. But the battle is a hot one for the number three spot
3: down in turn one. David Pearson had it and lost it. It is now Benny Parsons in third. Bobby Allison's in fourth, and those two cars put eight car lengths of daylight on David Pearson and Cale Yarborough, who's back in the sixth spot. Third and sixth are strung out, but
2: we still got a nose to tail up in turn three with your leaders.
11: Leaders are still nose and tail, but Benny Parsons now has on his tail number 15, a Ford Thunderbird of Bobby Allison. So it's now back two, two, and two, and two and one.
1: Well, they're dealing out the cards with 11 laps completed of the 20 scheduled. It continues to be the gentle giant from Charlotte, North Carolina, Buddy Baker. But when he looks in the rearview mirror, he finds glued to his rear deck lid, Daryl Waltrip in the die guard racing Oldsmobile. Benny Parsons has taken over third spot while running fourth is Bobby Allison. David Pearson is in fifth. Cale Yarbrough holding on for dear life in sixth spot.
3: Baker's car like just... One half car length lead for Buddy Baker is now coming out of turn number two. Parsons leads Allison by two lengths. Pearson has Kale Yarbrough locked right on his bumper.
2: There's a long distance now between your leaders and your third place car, but these drafts with two, two, and two, and now all of a sudden you've got Kyle Yarbrough starts to make a move down past David Pearson.
11: And that move is made and. Yarborough moves up in past Pearson and in behind Bobby Allison. Leaders across the stripe.
5: Baker still out front. Waltrip riding second as they head back into turn number one.
1: Back here at Daytona International Speedway, Barney, we're beginning to see the two Oldsmobiles strut their stuff and this could be a forebear of what we may see in the Daytona 500 as they have lengthened their lead considerably over third place. Benny Parsons in a companion Oldsmobile while fourth place belongs to the Hodgkin Engineering number 15 of Bobby Allison.
3: Last tie by, Waltrip got right underneath Buddy Baker, still that one car length back, just testing to see how he'd run on that bottom groove. They remain glued together as third place comes out of turn number two. Benny Parsons and Bobby Allison hooked up tight together, then Cale Yarborough and David Pearson. In a
2: turn three, Waltrip looks like he's trying to test this thing out at a high or low as he goes to you, Bill Bowser, to see what he's going to do at the end.
11: Darrell Waltrip got seven laps to make that decision, and he looks like he's tested out that front runner, the 28, Spector Olds that pole center for the 500 goes to the strike possibly another win in sight
5: Waltrip sticks the nose of the car on the outside thinks better of it and drops back in and Jackie it's unusual that he has not tried to make a pass because we are 14 laps into this 20-lap event and Baker doesn't know if Waltrip can get around or not it they... would
1: be interesting to see and maybe Mary Armentrott our pit reporter can check with Buddy Barrett or someone on the crew as to see just how tough Daryl Waltrip thinks his car is is he capable of going around Buddy Baker
5: Field down the back chute as they head up in the turn of the three. And Baker has led
11: all the way around the speedway. Now Waltrip Darryl- dives down to the inside in front of Tom Curley. Darrell Waltrip drives slow, takes over the lead into three. Darrell Waltrip got the lead, and Baker moves off. It's about a car and a half now, but Baker moves up tight onto the back of Waltrip. So for the first time, Gerald Waltrip in the 88 Gatorade Chevrolet leads.
5: Waltrip down to the start-finish line. Baker tucks down to the inside. He's going to try and slingshot by him as he feels him out. They're door-to-door, heading back into turn number one, and Baker is still there like a drag race as they hit the number one turn.
3: Baker, bottom of the racetrack, pulls a one-car-length lead once again on Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip tested him, found out he could get by, and Baker just as quickly... Took back the lead at the other end of the speedway. It's Baker by one car
1: link moving down the back stretch. Let's go down to Pitt Road and marry Armand Trout.
9: Yes, Jackie, I'm here with Buddy Parrott, who is the crew chief for Dale Waltram. And as you asked me, you want to know if Daryl's car can pass. And of course he has. He's looking like he's tough. What do you think, Buddy?
6: Well, uh, all I can say is if
1: Daryl can pass him, he will. <laughs> Well, right now, the pass has been made, and Buddy Baker has the lead once again as they come to the stripe to complete another circuit in this 20-lap dream race. Darrell Waltrip runs in second. As they go to turn number one, it's the silver, black side panel, number 28 out front. Well, here comes third, fourth, and fifth place
5: cars. Benny Parsons has moved up into the third spot now. Bobby Allison drops back to fourth as they shuffle for that position down in turn number one, and a little smoke out of the David Pearson car.
3: Two leaders still nose to tail as Pearson has fallen back to sixth on the tail end of that four-car draft. As they come out, there is a, just a bit of smoke showing at the back of the Pure Later Mercury.
2: At 200 miles an hour, they enter the east bank, and it still nose to tail with Buddy Baker in your lead.
11: There's only a first place in this one. $50,000, and that's the check that Buddy Baker eyes now, but right behind him is Darrell Waltrip in the 88 car, and he's looking to pass again soon.
5: Well, it looks as if these two talked over their strategy before they dropped the green. They linked up in a draft as they dropped the green flag, and Jackie, they've never relinquished that. They continue to stretch their lead as they head back into the east end of the speedway. 17 laps are down.
1: And Darrell Waltrip has said repeatedly that since they announced this race, he has laid awake at night trying to figure out just what kind of a move he'll make out of turn four on that t- 20th circuit and we will be getting down very shortly to a finish here with 17 laps completed, but the contest is enjoined and it's a tight fist of four cars as they round turn two for third position.
3: Cale Yarborough was bottom of the racetrack trying to move on Bobby Allison for fourth. Didn't quite have the handle in the bottom groove. He slipped back in line in fifth spot.
9: Jackie, this is Mary again in the pit standing right next to me is Herb Nabb the crew chief for Buddy Baker Is Buddy going to win this one, Herb? It looks close I,
10: I don't know now when the last lap comes down, you don't know what's going to happen. He's a- right now, Darrell's sitting in the right spot, and I don't know whether Buddy can hold him off or not, but, I mean, it's, it's uh, kind of going like we figured, a two-car race. A
1: and, 2 uh,
10: I'm hoping we can come out on top. That's all I can say. hope and pray we come out on top. It's a Thank two-car you,
1: battle man. out of turn number two, and meanwhile, J.D. McDuffie has brought his Bailey excavating number 70 on a pit road. Leaders work in front of Tom Curley down the backstretch.
2: I think the time is out on third place because it's now down between Baker and Daryl Waltrip as they come around for the white.
11: They've only got two to go. They'll be gathering up the white this time. It's Buddy Baker in the lead. Waltrip not thinking anything until he gets at least to the dry oval. They don't do anything until number four. It'll be up to them now to the stripe.
5: 50,000 people jump to their feet as the front two cars cross the start finish line. Baker white flag and Waltrip trails him down into the number one corner. Let's follow them around on this victory lap for one of these two. They head back into the west end of the speedway.
3: Of the nine drivers, only one would predict what would happen on the last lap. Lenny Pond said it would all happen on the backstretch. Coming out of turn two, Buddy Baker has lengthened to three car lengths. His advantage on Daryl Waltrip. Waltrip trying to gain ground. They're midway down the backstretch, heading for Tom Curley. As Buddy Baker continues to show that beautiful black
2: and silver 28, and here comes Daryl. He takes the high groove.
11: Waltrip up high. Baker down low. Baker shuts him off midway through the 31 degree backing. They'll go to the triangle with Baker number one. Waltrip's got to do it now or never. Here they come to you.
5: Waltrip put a move on him in the middle of the corner. Couldn't get him. Let's see what he does at the line. Here they come to the strike. Baker sticks out front. Waltrip can't get him. He tries him on the outside. Buddy Baker will win the bush clash. Here comes the battle for third position. Right now it looks to be Bobby Allison out front. Diving down to the inside. They're going to stack them three deep for this one. They touch across the line. Cale will finish second, and it looks like a photo finish between the
3: cars that just moved out against the wall. And, Barney, there's money all the way back. The battle for a six-spot is going on up now at turn three.
2: And it's uh, Neil Barnes, number five leading Lenny Pond into the high banks.
11: Lenny Pod might have to make his move, but he's got to do it quick. He'll have to do it awful quick, and at Burger King number 54, he's going to try it. He'll be down to
1: the stripe. He's going to the inside now. Lenny Pod winds the main spring up tight as this is the battle. The sixth position comes to the stripe, and he will get this sixth spot from Neil Bonnet in car number five. From Daytona Beach, Florida, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Here at Daytona International Speedway, the dream race is over, and standing by with Mary Trout is the man who thought it all up.
9: This race was a dream, and the dreamer's name is Monty Roberts. He thought it all up, marketing director for Bush Beer. Monty, could you have wanted to happen any other way?
6: Oh, it was a beautiful race. I'm thrilled that Buddy Baker won it. He's always been my kind of racer, flat out and belly of the ground. I kind of start killed and get up closer in the beginning, but it, that's the kind of race it is.
9: Has your dream come true?
1: Yes, ma'am.
9: Okay, Monty, thank you very much. Monty's on his way to Victory Lane, and we're going to go there now.
1: Let's switch down to Victory Lane and pick up the PA feed for Victory Lane. And standing by there is Ned Jarrett, our Motor Racing Network correspondent. Well, let's give you the finish order, Barney. Well, the finishing order, Baker, of course, winning. Finishing
5: second, Waltrip in the Gatorade car. Cale Yarborough ran third. Benny Parsons was fourth. Bobby Allison, fifth. David Pearson finished 6th, Lenny Pond was 7th, Neil Bonnet was 8th, and J.D. McDuffie finished in ninth position.
1: The average speed, as you heard Ron Kendrick, the PA announcer, give us 194.384 miles per hour. And they were clipping off laps, Barney, in that draft, those two Oldsmobiles, in excess of 198 miles per hour. So when we load it up for the Daytona 500 with some 12 and 13 cars, I think we're going to see, for the first time in a long time, 200 mile per hour choo-choo trains. I don't think anybody is going to
5: believe what the Daytona 500 will be this year with the qualifying speeds that they've had here today first place buddy baker picking up fifty thousand dollars second place seventeen thousand six hundred dollars goes to Waltrip. third position pays fourteen thousand dollars to cale yarborough fourth spot thirteen thousand dollars to benny parsons and that average speed again 100
1: what 194.384 miles per hour, so it was a torrid pace. A little bit of a disappointment, though, when the two cars pulled away, but still it was a one whale of a finish coming out of turn number four.
5: Well, everybody's always wondered what would happen if you put eight or nine or ten of these guys together on a speedway, and preparation is the key a lot of times, and it apparently was so today. They had been practicing all week long in the draft, in fact, all nine of the drivers had been practicing out into the draft to kind of see the best combination, and Baker and Waltrip put it together and did a number on the field.
1: We've had one wet heck of a Sunday afternoon here as part of Speed Week 79. As we came on the air, we covered the final few moments of the ARCA 200. Let's give you the finish there. Kyle Petty winning his first time out in a stock car. John Rizek finished in second. Phil Finney held on for third. Billy Hagan finished in fourth spot while Ralph Jones was fifth. Jim Holbert finished in sixth. Bill Mizell in car number five finished seventh. Eighth was Al Horton. Ninth was Moose Myers. Ramo Stott came home in tenth position while Gary Sharp was eleventh. Twelfth was Gary Reinbrower. Rick Rowland finished thirteenth fourteenth to L.T. Witchell. Jerry henson finished in 15th the finish of the bush clash of 79 recapping once again buddy baker victorious daryl waltrip finishing second kale Yarbrough was third let's go to victory lane
4: very happy herb now the crew chief on that car herb did you think you could stay out front was you in the right place on that last lap well,
10: i felt if anybody could do it Buddy could
4: do it i mean i'm just so
10: happy i mean i just can't say enough and for harry Near, i'm just so tickled that
4: for his sake that Everything he put together here is working now. Buddy, congratulations on a super run. You've had quite a day here. Well, i tell you what. I might have been two years without a victory, but today has been worth every bit of the frustration I've had in the past two years. When you took the white flag, did you think he was in the right position? Did you think about backing up and getting behind him, or what were your thoughts? Well, you know, I won uh, three Talladega races by leading on the last lap, and... uh, they got to show me that being a second is the place to be on the last lap. I don't care where you're at because there's certain things that you can do that uh, they just can't overcome. If you stay on the bottom of the racetrack, it makes the second car push and you can beat them. Buddy, are you going to be able to get back on the ground before next Sunday in the Daytona 500? Uh, We've got a 125-miler to run and uh, a 500. I'd like to get them off. Well, We're going to see if we can get you a good bush beer here in Victor Lane very shortly.
5: Ned Jarrett in Victory Lane talking with winner Buddy Baker.
4: Thank you, Ned.
6: Buddy, I want to congratulate you on behalf of Bush Beer. I bet on you to begin with. If if Cale could win the race, there's nobody I'd rather see win it than Buddy Baker
4: or Waddell Wilson or Herb Nam. Well, thank you very much, and uh, it just worked out. Darrell Waltrip's a real super race driver, and when he got up under me there, he enabled us to pull away from him, and
1: uh, I was more surprised than anybody when I looked in the mirror and there was just two of us on the last lap. It's been a strong day for Buddy Baker. We'll give you the rundown in the top positions for qualifying in the Daytona 500 after this. From Daytona Beach, Florida, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Well, Barney, the Bush Clash of 79 is over, the ARCA 200 is over, and pole position qualifying has been completed. How about a rundown of the top ten positions in order for the $588,000 Daytona 500?
5: Well, Buddy Baker, of course, setting a new track record, 196.049 miles an hour, and putting his Oldsmobile up front for the Daytona 500. Donnie Allison in the Hawaiian Tropic car, another Oldsmobile, qualified 194.889. He will be the other car on the front row. Third fastest qualifier today, Cale Yarborough in an Oldsmobile, the Bush Oldsmobile at 194.321, Waltrip in the Gatorade Olds, 193.411 miles an hour, fourth fastest overall. Then a big surprise to a lot of people, Richard Childress in the CRC Oldsmobile in a good qualifying run at 192.489. 6th fastest overall, the rookie driver and he will bear watching this year. Many people think one of the rookie drivers will win a Winston Cup Grand National Race before the season is over. Milliken qualifying at 192.205 miles an hour. 7th fastest qualifier, Buddy Arrington, another big surprise. And a Dodge Magnum at 192.127. A.J. Foyt had to settle for 8th position, but he won't do that come the Daytona 500. Foyt will be up front. His Oldsmobile qualified 191.959. Benny Parsons qualifying at 191.934 miles an hour, driving the Griffith Marine Olds, and Ty Scott, another big surprise in a Buick, qualifying 10th fastest overall at 191.445. Well, I Barney,
6: I don't want to go in there, Barney. I mean, uh, Ned.
5: Barney, go ahead.
9: Yes, this is Mary in the pits again. I'm standing by with Daryl Waltrip, as you know, who had a very close race with Buddy Baker. Daryl, are you disappointed?
6: Well, not really. I for, You know, we felt like it. Uh, Baker would be the car to beat. Of course, you know, we run three mile an hour faster than we did qualifying. So, uh, you know, i just glad to run second, glad I could get in behind him and get tucked in good, and me and him could pull away from everybody else. And if he had have slipped or had any kind of trouble at all, then I'd have been home free. So uh, stood the odds of being eight to one. They were just one-on-one, uh, on one, and he was a better car today. His car runs really strong here, and he's going to be tough to beat all week long.
9: Is there anything you would have done differently?
6: No, there's nothing. Maybe worked harder before we got here. That'd be the only thing I know of.
9: Okay, Darrell, thank you very much.
1: Well, Barney, as we gave you that rundown of the top ten positions for Daytona 500 pole position qualifying, the only two positions that are cemented in are Buddy Bakers and Donnie Allison. The rest of these competitors, some 47 strong, will have to attempt to qualify via the two 125-mile qualifying events. And for people that are listening to us within close proximity of Daytona International Speedway, those are touted as two of the greatest and most competitive events seen anywhere on the Winston Cup Grand National Circuit. Fourteen positions up for grabs in each event. The remainder of the positions for the Daytona 500 field are filled via the qualification efforts, but they start in the back of the top qualifiers in the 125-mile events. That all takes place on Thursday, and I think those are going to be two races where a lot of questions will have to be answered, because after seeing the display by Buddy uh, by Buddy Baker and, and Darrell Waltrip with these Oldsmobiles. They are going to be stout in the remainder of Speed Week 79. Well,
5: a lot of people have learned an awful lot of things today in the qualifying and in the last couple of days in their practice laps. They will change the setup, and they have plenty of time between now and next Sunday some of the cars that didn't run quite as quick today to get it all together. So the Daytona 500 looks to be the best race by far, no exaggeration of any stock car race that's ever been run anywhere in the world. Next
1: event on Speed Week 79's calendar will be Thursday, February 15th, when at 12.55 p.m., they take the parade lap in the first 125-mile qualifying race to determine the starting positions for the Daytona 500. Promptly at 2 p.m., it will be the second 125-mile qualifying race. Then on Friday, February 16th, a brand-new event will take the green flag at 11 a.m. That's the Baby Grand 100 for NASCAR's Baby Grand division, and those subcompact cars will be making their inaugural debut here at Daytona International Speedway. Many people saying that we could be in for some surprises in that event as well.
5: Well, there's an awful lot of talent in that division. A lot of the young drivers, and they're very excited about being here at Daytona. We've had a chance to look at a few of the cars that have come in early. Some of the best equipment we've seen, that
1: should be one of the best races of the week. At 1 p.m. on Friday afternoon, it'll be the 6th annual NASCAR 200 for the Unlimited Racing Cars of NASCAR, the Grand American and Modified Divisions, and for those of us that have followed the Mod Squad throughout their tenure here at Daytona International Speedway, they have definitely come of age, and that is some of the most exciting open-wheeled racing that you'll witness anywhere.
5: These cars look like Star Wars cars, Jackie, and the, the fans that came here last year to see them run for the first time, they've, they've changed the body styles on a lot of the Pentos and Gremlins and that type automobile for the modified division, and they qualify in the 180 mile an hour, almost 190 mile an hour bracket, and this year they may go into the 190 mile an hour mark due to the
1: new surface here at Daytona. On Saturday afternoon, the MRN Broadcasting Company, you and myself, as well as the rest of the crew, will go on the air at 12.30 p.m. to cover what is touted as one of the greatest late model sportsman events in NASCAR, the Sportsman 300 here at the World Center of Racing, and that is always a barn burner. The best
5: field they've ever assembled here for that one has already checked in. We, they, A lot of the cars came down yesterday. The remainder of the field will be signing in tomorrow morning. They start qualifying here for all three divisions tomorrow
1: for the Sportsman, Winston Cup Grand Nationals, and the Modifieds. And then, of course, on Sunday, February 18th, what can be said when you post $588,000 for some 40 cars in the Winston Cup Grand National Trail when they take to it for the 21st annual Daytona 500? There's still a lot of questions to be answered before we go on the air at 12 p.m.
5: Well, the qualifying speeds speak just what you said, because Talladega, the fastest speedway in the world, has never had 16 drivers qualify at over 190 miles an hour. They did that here today at Daytona.
1: If you had to pick a driver right now, based upon what you have seen in practice and in the bush clash and in qualifying, who do you think is the favorite at this point in time for the Daytona 500?
5: You'd have to go with Buddy Baker. He's finished... I think he's finished second seven times over the years he's been to Daytona. He is due to win. He has it all together. He has one of the best crews in the business. They've proven that by the effort they put in here this week. The record speed of 196.049, and Baker has come into his own as a driver. He has the crew to back him now. He should get it
1: done. Well, Speed Week 79 is rounding down to the final week of stock car competition. Barney? Look to see you again come Saturday when we go on the air for the Sportsman 300. It's been one whale of an afternoon, first with qualifying, then the ARCA 200 and the Bush Clash.
5: Well, we've seen a little bit of everything here at Daytona today.
1: For Mary Trout, Tom Curley, Mike Joy, Bill Bowser, and Ned Jarrett in Victory Lane, and Barney Hall high atop the start-finish line at Daytona International Speedway, I'm Jack Arute saying so long until Saturday, February 17th for the Daytona Sportsman 300. From Daytona Beach, Florida, this has been the MRN Broadcasting Company's coverage of the Bush Clash of 79 and Daytona 500 Pole Position Qualifying. This broadcast has been brought to you by STP, makers of fine automotive products, and by Bush Beer. Remember, don't just reach for a beer, head for the mountains. Chief engineer for today's broadcast was Harry Howard. Director was Mary Norman. Director of Station Relations, Kristen Frost. This broadcast was produced by Jack Aroot. All personnel are employees of or paid by the MRN Broadcasting Company. Stay tuned to these same stations for continuing coverage of Speed Week 79 with the broadcast of the Daytona Sportsman 300 on Saturday, February 17th and the Daytona 500 on Sunday, February 18th. This broadcast was a presentation of the MRN Broadcasting Company, a division of International Speedway Corporation.